Welcome to the Potapalooza special interview series of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows a Guy. Earlier this month, I had the chance to interview some awesome people in the Potapalooza Potatorium. I was a guest podcaster there, and you're going to get to meet over the course of this week in a bit nine awesome people, little mini interviews. They are all abundance minded entrepreneurs and totally the kind of people I like to share on this podcast. If you want to go to the next Potapalooza, it's going to be in June. Go to guywhoknowsaguy.com slash links to get the link to register and all the details. Now, on with our next interview. All right, next here at the table, we've got Frank King. I was actually given a small bit of notes with his bio. It says, a writer for The Tonight Show for 20 years, a full-time speaker and comedian for 35 years, TEDx coaching for seven years, and has done six TEDx talks on mental health which is only six more TEDx Talks than I've done. So I'll catch <laughs> up with you. So welcome, we Frank. Michael, we can fix that. Mm, yeah. I can't, you, I, you know what I can do that? It. I can't guarantee it, but I can guarantee you this. It's called my Till Death Do Us Part program. We work on giving you a TEDx until you get one where we both die trying. Interesting. Do a lot of people die trying to get TEDx Talks? Is that a, is that a dangerous mm-hmm. occupation? No, it's okay. just, I, I want them to know that I'm, you know, it's not like at the end of the year, I dump them or whatever. <laughs> you had your 12 months, get out. Get out. Yep. All right. So seems like you've done a lot of things in the speaking and being funny field. Um, so tell me a little bit about, a little bit more about that and what you do and how you got into it. Uh, fourth grade told my first joke, kids laughed, teacher was hysterical. And I said to myself, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. 12th grade, there was a talent show. Nobody had ever done stand-up before. Did stand up one. This is 1975. I said to my mom, I'm going to be a comedian. She goes, you're going to college first. I don't care what you do when you get done. You could be a goat herder for all I care, but you're going to be a goat herder with a college degree. So I went to UNC Chapel Hill and then moved to San Diego with my, the woman who became my first wife and had me a comedy store in San Diego connected to the one in LA. I did my first open mic night inside my head during my first five minutes. I heard this, you're home. I and then a year later, I went on the road, said to my girlfriend, now my wife, 35 years, I'm going on the road to be a stand up comedian. Do you want to come along? And I thought she'd go, oh, hell no. And she goes, yeah. So we were on the road for 2,629 nights in a row, nonstop, no home. Opened up and worked with Seinfeld, Dennis Miller, Jeff Foxworthy, Ellen DeGeneres, Ron White. Opened up for Lou Rawls, the Beach Boys, Neil Sedaka, Nancy Wilson. It was a, it was a fascinating and fabulous time. You know, from our mid to late twenties to our mid to late thirties, wow. just to pack up and go. Did a little radio. Uh, got fired as you would in radio. Two kinds of people in radio: people who have been fired, people who are going to be fired. <laughs> yeah, and by that time, the comedy club boom had busted. My act was very clean, so I got into the corporate comedy, which pays a whole lot better. Did that till the last recession, 2008-9-10. Business dropped off 80%. We filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy. That's when I learned what the barrel of my gun tasted like. Mm. Yep. Uh, It runs in my family. It's called Generational Depression and Suicide. My grandmother, my great aunt, my mother. Anyway... As we began to recover from that last recession, the meeting planner said to me, Frank, we love you, but we can't pay you that kind of money. Just be funny. You got to talk about it. You got to teach your audience something. What? And it hit me. Given that my family has more nuts in it than a squirrel turd, and I came that close to dying by suicide, I could teach suicide prevention if I took a couple of classes, got some certification. So I did. And then my second hurdle, Michael, rebranding. Mm. 
I'm a funny guy. How am I going to rebrand? My wife said, do a TEDx. I said, what's a TEDx? <laughs> yeah. I happened to get a, I was on speaker match at the time and on speaker match popped up an application for TEDx in Vancouver, BC. I filled it out and uh, I got spoiled. I got my first application, first TEDx. And I decided to tell the world from the, that TEDx stage that I was depressed and suicidal. Nobody knew, my wife, my friends, my family, nobody had any idea. I live with major depressive disorder and chronic suicidal ideation. So I came out and I taught the audience how to spot the signs of depression and thoughts of suicide, what to do and say, what not to do, what not say, and how to find resources. Because Ted's about teaching the audience something they can use, action mm -hmm. And I discovered that even though one person dies of suicide every nine minutes in the U.S., hardly anybody talks about it unless you bring it up. So I make a very good living now starting the conversation. Mm. That sounds like a very, very powerful thing. And so is it in corporate audiences or who, who pays you to do that? Uh, I am very particular. I, I learned NSA in 1995, the riches are in the niches. <laughs> I didn't put that into practice until 2018. I decided I would just be a suicide prevention speaker. I, you know, if you asked me to do stand up, I would, but I wasn't going to market that. And once I picked my lane, as Jane Atkinson would say, mm -hmm. then I had to select my ideal clients. Who needs to hear this? Where's the pain point? I selected six of the top 10 at-risk occupations for suicide. Oh. Construction, mining, excavation, uh, fishing, farming, forestry, dentistry, veterinary medicine, physician, attorneys. And so I only market to those guys and only market to their associations. Because in my mind, and I tell my speaker coaching clients this, Ideal client, annual meeting, use outside speakers, got money to pay your fee, and they have a desperate need to hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. I don't have to convince a construction association that they need suicide prevention because a thousand people die by accident, Michael, every year in construction. Guess how many die by suicide in the average year? 5,000. That's more than a thousand. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, you're more likely apparently in construction to jump off a building than fall off, it, which is really crazy so anyway so I, I niched myself to suicide speaking i niched myself to those ideal clients mm. and so most of my speaking is with associations the occasional corporation i also do colleges mm -hmm. i did 10 years on cruise boats mm. until i came back from cambodia on my own and became an international pariah about this time two years ago if you type in my name frank king comedian in quarantine you will find six seven eight pages in google Time, Newsweek, the Daily Mail in London, Independent London, of me coming back from that part of the world by myself with the CDC's approval. But everybody thought I came back to the U.S. dragging the virus in, in mid-February 2020. I changed my phone number, had to shut down three social media accounts. I had death threats. So anyway, I did 10 years on the cruise boats as a comedian, which is, you know, I saw all seven continents, including Antarctica twice. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, my, that's my story. So, so you were a COVID early adopter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or as one of the, uh, one of the people on this pod, this pot of Palooza said earlier this morning, I was an early adapter. Well, <laughs> apparently we're well, not to the dictionary. Um, yeah. uh, my mom was an English teacher, so I can't not hear that, Michael. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, and I actually got a test in Cambodia from the Pasteur Institute, the one, the WHO test that Trump mm -hmm. turned down those tests. I was one of the very first Americans who ever tested. And I came back and the CDC cleared me out of Seattle, no restrictions, but nobody believed that. 
So I became that guy. Is your oh, husband no. that guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's tough to be that guy and on that scale. So I can see yep. it being sort of sort of challenging. Um, so so what have you been doing these last last two years? Well, a friend of mine in March of 2020 said to me, great advice, I thought. He goes, look, Frank, I don't know when live events are coming back. This is March 2020. Mm-hmm. I know you got a handful of clients. You coach TEDx. I think you should put all your marketing effort, money, and time into marketing TEDx coaching. You do it from your living room. And a lot of people have that on their bucket list. Hmm. And it became a business. I've got a couple dozen clients right now, and I charge a lot of money for it. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I've gotten uh, one of my clients was in the top 50 on on YouTube for 2021. Got another client with a million and one view, a million and 100,000 views or more. Um, of course, I've got six for myself, all on mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's it that became it turned into a business. Thank goodness that I could do for my living room. And so I continue when I'm not speaking or actually, you know, <laughs> the nice thing about Zoom now is I could be in Cincinnati. I live in Oregon, but I could be in Cincinnati. And after I do a speech or before I do one, I can do a couple of TEDx coaching sessions by Zoom. So it's oh, yeah. um, if, that, if there's a silver lining for me in the pandemic, it was Zoom. And and you, you mentioned something about the, the number of hits they get. So I think a lot of people think, well, you got a TEDx stage and now you're on TEDx stage and you're a TEDx speaker. Mission accomplished. Here's your gold yeah. cup. You're done. No, uh, what part of what I do with my coaching is it's uh, learning, landing, and leveraging a TEDx. You know, make sure the TED the pictures, the thumbnail has the red letters behind you on your website, and make sure that's your demo. And and I can, I have a resource. If you would like a million views, they'll guarantee you a million views, legitimate views. So, and I help with speaker marketing. Do you have a website strictly for speaking? And do you have landing pages? Each one of your ideal clients' landing pages. Like for me, it's mentalhealthcomedian.com forward slash dental. Mm. Because if a dental meeting planner goes there, that's all they see. They don't know I speak to five other occupations. Okay. Upside of that is if you go to Suicide Prevention Speakers Dental in a Google search, you'll find that I have five or six organic leads and a couple of videos on page one. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's, that's the benefit of picking a lane and picking your ideal clients. And, you know, it's um, I have trouble convincing my client in my speaking coaching clients with that because what, what about all the work I'll be missing in economics is called opportunity cost. When you select a lane, that means you let go of the other mm-hmm. and short-term loss. I believe, but I believe because my goal, Michael, for my speakers is they, they're no longer a commodity. Yeah. When somebody comes looking at a speaker in their topic, they come looking for them, not just anybody. And it's a long yeah. game, but this happened for me a couple of times where people came. We heard there was a comedian who talked about suicide and well, you're talking to him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, that sounds hugely important. And like I've, I've known some people who have had TEDx talks and, and they've had hundreds of views on their <laughs> YouTube instead of that. Cause especially cause you know, in the old days there was Ted. So it was really yeah. hard to get on the Ted stage. But if you got oh, on the Ted stage, you, you made it because yeah. you know, it was a very narrow channel and everyone saw it. And now yep. there's Ted X and getting on Ted X stage is not the same very entry that getting on Ted stage was. No, there's 1200 of them around the world, 200 plus in the U S every mm-hmm. year. So, so there's, we, we, there's a few to watch. Yes. And my clients and I get together once a week on zoom for an hour and we apply to one, two or three Ted X every week. Hmm. It's a bit of a numbers game. Okay. So in a certain way that you apply to them, is it, 
Yes, I I decided I realized my fourth TEDx was Suicide: The Secret of My Success, which is counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. I got a call from the TEDx curation team, the people who select. I said, "Did I get the audition?" They said, "No." With a title like that, you're on. And my fifth one, same story. It's called Mental Health and the Orgasm, Treat Your Depression Single-Handedly. Didn't have to audition. Which told me that the first hurdle for TEDx is whatever you put on an application, it's a marketing pitch. It's got to be creative. It's got to be sticky. It's got to grab by the lapels and not let go. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend who hired the big TEDx coaching company here in the States. She sent in 80 applications. Nothing. And I said, you got a great idea. you got a book on Amazon that's a bestseller in a difficult category. And, and do you mind if I work, you know, tinker with your applications? No. Within five applications, after I tinkered with it, she got TEDx Beacon Street Boston. Again, told me that what was happening was that nobody creative on their staff, if you're sending out 80 applications, not even getting an audition. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm on the committee and I got to look through 200 applications and your title and subtitle or your elevator pitch doesn't grab me, you're going right in a no pop. Mm, that makes sense that does make a lot of sense so so what about title like networking without talking to strangers you know what that is um a great subtitle i think mm, i prefer a title that you understand the english words but you don't know exactly what you're getting at uh, okay you know something that's um like suicide the secret of my success what how could that uh you know or mental health and the orgasm <laughs> Yep. Uh, one, my, my last talk was called, um, uh, let's see. Um, um, oh, it's about depression and how people with depression actually, um, depressive realism. Mm. There's some scientific research that people who are depressed actually see the world more clearly and, and more accurately than people who are neurotypical, who may have a positive cognitive bias and see the world through those rose tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. But again, depressive realism, nobody really knew what that was. And then I put, my subtitle was maybe the glass really is half empty. Again, it's clever and it got me to talk. So uh, I like a, a title that's um, like I said, we know what the words mean. Yeah. But it forces them to read the subtitle. Mm, okay. And, and uh, the, so when you go on, on YouTube, you only see the, the title, not the subtitle, right? Yes. Generally. Okay. But you know, it's, it's, and, and even the title you pitch, to the TEDx committee may not end up being the title of the TED talk. Okay. Uh, although I recommend my clients, if they've got a podcast by a certain name, I, if you have a book, I say, well, name your, name your podcast after your book or some portion of it. Oh, I did that. I'm, I'm doing good. Add a boy. And then make sure you buy the URL for that. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. Okay. So you got book, podcast, URL, and then call your TEDx talk that. Oh, so there are there four branding items. So they may not remember your name, but they, I've got a client who, is in recovery and his book is called drunken letters to my sober self. And I said, you need to buy drunkenletters.com. You need to call your podcast drunken letters to my sober self. Mm-hmm. You need to buy the, you know, you need to um, call the TEDx. It's going to be called drunken letters. That's the title. So what does that mean? Drunken letters. Well, then he goes on to talk about the emotional impact that nobody tells you. They talk about the 12 steps, which are very mechanical in a 12 step program. Yep. They don't talk about the emotional impact the stigma um, the fact that most people in, in um, recovery relapse three times before they get long-term sobriety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what the talk will be about. But drunken letters, what does that mean? Well, I got to read on. Ah, okay. Interesting. So the guy who knows a guy networking without talking to strangers. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, look, I just named my TED Talk. I guess I should probably go apply to do one. Yeah, the guy who knows a guy. Or, or you know, my, my phrase for that is I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Mm-hmm. But because I'm a big, I'm huge in the networking. My mother yep. trained me. And I, I thought everybody, Michael, knew how to network until I saw my first book on it. I'm like, people don't understand this? <laughs> no. Oh, 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 that's a good thing, Michael. It's a career for you. Yep. And I have a networking speech in my repertoire about market it but i've done it and mm-hmm. i've done a 15 minute version of it and i made them laugh and cry in 15 minutes i got standing ovation oh nice i believe that your your ted or your talk should move people from pole to pole from laughter to tears and back because you know the old saw yeah they may not remember what you said but they will remember how you made them feel mm. and so um yeah networking I, I was floored People didn't understand give value first without expectation of return. I thought everybody operated that way. Yep. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a pretty advanced networking concept. So, so this has been awesome. Speaking of giving value first, um, we are a minute and a half past our, our time. Oh, no! But I definitely need to bring you back for, my, for a, a regular interview because the current season is focused on networking and joint ventures. So I think we can talk a full interview about that topic. So we'll talk more about that. Full interview, Michael's what, 19 minutes, 18 minutes? <laughs> about 25, 30 in the, the full episodes. And, okay. you know, 45 and 50 if we keep going. <laughs> it's a podcast. I can go as long or short as I want. It's my That's podcast. Correct. Plenty of air. Um, but so if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? I would say yourtedxcoach.com. Yourtedxcoach.com. Right. Or, and, and you're welcome to put this in the show notes, 858 405 5653-858-405-5653. And the reason I give that out is when people find out I've got mental illness and I speak on it, I say, look, if you're suicidal, call a hotline. If you're just having a bad day, call a crazy person. Here's my cell. Okay. And people do. Wow. Okay. Or text me, you know, they're looking resources or just have a question, whatever. Very good. And that's 858-405-5653. Yep. Fantastic. Well, this has been awesome, Frank. I'm so glad we got uh, connected here at Potapalooza, and I look forward to speaking to you more in the future. Hey, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV dash connect.com December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.